today. We love you and we bless you. And we thank you, Father. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice. Hallelujah. And be glad in it. Hallelujah. Now, Father, I ask that you allow us to hear from heaven so that we can be healed physically, mentally, spiritually, in every way. And we give you all the honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to talk about a chosen generation. Amen. What it really means to be a chosen generation. You hear people say it all the time. I'm a chosen generation. Royal priesthood, holy nation. But do we really understand what that means? You know, when you, a chosen generation is a hand-picked special, special people. Amen. We are special to God. Let's turn to 1 Peter 2. Amen. And we'll read a little bit and study a little bit. <clears throat> Hallelujah. First Peter 2, 9. And I think I'm going to read, I'm going to start reading in verse 3. Hallelujah. First Peter two. I'm trying to decide where I should let's start in two one. It says, Therefore, laying aside all malice and deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word. How many of you desire to if it's not pure, I don't want it. Amen. I'd rather go to the park. I'm telling you. But I want the real thing. I'm tired of the false. I want the real. Amen. It says, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious, then verse 4 says, coming to him... As to a lively, a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. Amen. I'm talking about Jesus and talking about you, us also. Because you're, you're rejected by the world. If the world doesn't reject you, something's wrong. Amen. And then you better go back to 2 verse 1. Laying down, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking. Because those, those worldly ways can continue to attach you to the world. But you don't belong to the world. You belong to God. Amen. A chosen generation and a royal priesthood. A, a called out one. Amen. So let's see, where am I at? I'm in verse 5. It says, you also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, it is also contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion, a chief cornerstone, erect precious, and he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. Therefore, in verse 7, to you who believe he is precious, but to those who are disobedient, let's see, therefore, to you who believe he is precious, 
but to those who are in disobedience. The stone which the builder rejected has become the chief cornerstone, amen, of God's new house. Hallelujah. And a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. This is to the disobedient, the disobedient. But then it says, okay, they stumble being disobedient to the word to which they also were appointed. Amen. But verse 9 says, But you you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into the marvelous light. So we're called out of darkness, called out of the world into the marvelous light. Amen. Hallelujah. So a chosen generation, there's no more darkness in you. You're called out of darkness. Hallelujah. A chosen generation is a people who are set apart from the world, handpicked by God. In other words, people of royalty who are preserved for God's use. Amen. A people who are an extension of Jesus' choice. When he chose the twelve, we're, we're an extension of the twelve, who then later became the 120. Are y'all here in the upper room? And to whom added the thousand, the three thousand. Amen. So we're a part of that ever in, this ever-increasing kingdom. We're a part of that. It's an expanding generation. Our generation is always expanding. It's, it never stands still because people are always coming in and being called and being handpicked for service that God wants us to to only only we can do this job. Y'all hear when you're handpicked, only you can do this job. Amen. There was and I like I like that there was the twelve, then there was the one twenty, then there was the three thousand, and then there's us. You know, Pentecost. And it's a wonderful thing, amen, to be involved. I'm, I'm thankful that I'm included in, in this hand-picked revolution. <laughs> I'm just calling it that. <laughs> Hallelujah. So let's go to Colossians 3.12. Hallelujah. Colossians 3.12. It talks about God's chosen ones also. Everybody have that? Colossians 3. And it's really talking about the character of the new man. You know, the new man is cloaked in humility. Amen. Therefore, as the elect of God, that there's something else that we're called. The chosen people, chosen generation are the elect of God. Amen. Holy and beloved. Holy. Are you holy and beloved? Amen. Put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering. See, all of the fruits of the Spirit are displayed through us. Amen. Our character, our personality. This is what the called-out ones are supposed to display. And not just when you're 
being seen or in front of people. This is a lifestyle. Amen. And it's not asking too much because we're already called out. And God has already called us his elect and his holy people. So it's not hard to do. It's a lifestyle. Amen. And so all we need to do is just obey God. Stay in obedience to him. Verse 13 says, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against one another, even as Christ forgave you, so you almost, so you also must do. <laughs> I almost said something else. <laughs> Woo. Amen. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. See, when you walk in love, you don't have to, you don't have to watch yourself. Amen. Because you live normally and you just walk in who you are, who you know you are, because this is this is your lifestyle. Amen. Verse 15 says, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body and be thankful. Amen. Be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the Father, through him. Amen. Not hard to do. So we're talking about God's chosen ones, holy people. Amen. It says, clothe yourself as God's chosen ones. Amen. Hallelujah. We're his representatives. The chosen one is his representative who are purified and holy and well-beloved by God himself. Amen. By putting on behavior marked by tender-hearted mercy. In other words, our behavior is supposed to be, supposed to show tender-heartedness, mercy, kindness, love, Loving kindness. Amen. Blessing people all the time. Speaking the right thing. You know, when you are a, a chosen generation, you have to reflect Jesus' personality, and you cannot have your agenda up front. Amen. It's always the other person. It's like, well, when do I get my time? You don't get your time. You'll get your time if you stop wondering when your time is going to come. Amen. But when you're Jesus' representative, you're tender-hearted, kindness, gentle ways, you know. You know, you know. I look at it like this. You can attract more, what is that, bees with honey. You know, sometimes you just, and if you get used to doing this and you get your mind renewed. See, we don't, a lot of Christians don't act like Christians because they are trying to be Christians without renewing their minds you have to have a renewed mind god's called out people have renewed minds and this is why we walk in the ways of the lord we walk in holiness purity you know we walk in all of these these different things and when you don't do that you need to just go back you know we all have to start somewhere go back and and start over and find out where you left off and get with God and get it right. 
Amen. And you will have a personality change. It will come. God's chosen generation must reflect Jesus all the time and walk uh, in love toward one another. And this is the heart. You know, sometimes I, I've even seen this. I've seen people who are God's called and elect, and they're nice to the world, and they're very nasty to their own brethren. And we have to stop doing that. Amen. It says we are always forgiving one another with long-suffering and endurance. Amen. And you endure hardships, too. Everything is not going to be a, a, you know, peachy king because you're a chosen generation. God's chosen ones walk in God's favor. You know, people are always talking I got favor. Well, does it show? Amen. They walk in God's favor, and they have special, we have special privileges. How many of you believe that? I do. I believe it. We like obtaining and giving mercy. You know, if you don't give mercy, you don't get mercy. Amen? And so we should enjoy giving out mercy because it comes back. Amen. We are the righteousness of Christ. Amen. Generous and noble. Just giving you the characteristics of a called out one. Chosen generation, a royal priesthood. We're people who do things out of your heart because you love God and not because you feel pressure to do it. You know, it should come normal. Amen. And and we don't try to do the bare minimum and count the cost. You know how sometimes we count the cost. What is it going to cost me to do that or go the extra mile? You don't count the cost. When it's God, you don't care because this is a, a lifestyle, a new lifestyle for us. Amen? And so we don't count the cost. We just do it. Having done all, we do it all. Not doing the least and wanting the most attention and the most credit. Amen? But we are those who say, what else can I do for you, God? What else can I do? You don't... You have a list of things you have to do. And that's why you never get, a, you can't get blessed doing that. You have to do it because you know God wants you to do it. Have you ever just done so much and you didn't realize you did all them things? You know? And don't, and, and don't crab about it. See, most of us, we do the, a lot for God, but we can't. Allow God to enjoy it because we complain too much. <laughs> we complain about it all the time. Amen. Amen. And there's no glory in that. Amen. We don't do the least and want the most. Amen. A chosen generation have the heart of Christ. We're generous with dignity and strength. We, got, we lead others. We're guides for God. We and it, it, we never guide people toward us. You've seen a lot of people; they do a lot for God, but it always goes back to them. Amen. We we always lead people to Christ, not to ourselves, to make us feel puffed up and make us feel better about ourselves. Uh, God's chosen generation are not small-minded people. We're not small thinkers. Because we know, see, when you know who you are, you don't think small. 
you know who you are. We know who we are. And that's why we don't think small. We're not arrogant or holier than thou. Like the Pharisees were like that. Pharisees were holier than thou. You know, they didn't eat, not touch, not. You know, they were always looking, well, they're, they're eating, you know, and they didn't wash their hands. See, that's this majoring on the minor things. That's what the Pharisees did. And there's a lot of so-called Christians like that, too. Amen. We have to be generous and not arrogant. Hallelujah. We live supernaturally. We have authority and power. We're not always looking for fleshly help, fleshly desires, carnal, uh, living in the carnal realm. We don't do that. But we know who we are. We live supernaturally, and we have God's power and authority. God even shortens our tribulation. I believe that. Our oppression, those times of distress. For his elect, he will change those seasons, you know. And what you go through when it's something that you're going through, I believe he'll shorten the time. It's like a lot of people that are going through what you are going through are having a rougher time. But God's elect, he moves these times speedily because of who you are. Amen. To wake her up. Amen. Because of who you are. He will cause your tribulation period to be shorter in time than normal people, people that don't know the Lord. You know, he'll cause you to uh, get your victory at a speedy rate. Amen. Because of who you are. See, God loves us. We don't, and sometimes we don't think about that. You know, we don't think about what's going on with God. You know, we always think when we're going through, we think it's the worst thing. Amen. But it could be longer. It could be worse. But God is there to help us at all times. Amen. Making the time span shorter because he loves us so much. Let's go to Matthew 24. Matthew 24. Verse 21. It says, For then there will be a great tribulation. Okay. For then there will be a great tribulation such as has not been seen the beginning of the world until this time. No. Um, nor ever shall be. That's not the one I wanted. But I'm going to read it anyway. And 22 says, I think this is it. And unless those days were shortened, and that's just what we talked about. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days would be shortened. Amen. And it talked about the days of tribulation. Let me read 21 again. It says, for then there will be great tribulation. See, it's talking about tribulation. And it says, before the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. Amen. So God shortens our process. Even though we need it, he'll shorten it because of who we are. Amen. And so we need to worship him and thank him and praise him. It can be worse. If you think, when you think it can't be any worse, it can be worse. <laughs> Why? Because we're his special people. When he loves us. 
All right. So it says here that we are a royal priesthood. It says we're a chosen generation in a royal priesthood. Let's talk about the royal priesthood part. Now, under the old covenant, the priesthood was royalty. The priesthood and the royalty were separated. That was under the old covenant. You know, the priests, the Levites, they were they were together, and the royal, the kings, they were together, and they were separated. Amen. Because of class. But in under the new covenant, since the light, the light living in the light of Jesus, all kings and priests are of God. I mean, all kings and priests are under God, and we worship God. Amen. We are worshipers, prepared for walking with God, warring beside God, and fighting the host of darkness with God. And that's why we are um, kings and priests. We are kingly, priestly people under Jesus because of Jesus. And we are called to stand with God, amen, under his name and authority. And because of what Jesus did, we fight the dark we fight darkness with God. And He uses us. He has sent one of us in. You ever been sent in by God? Huh? <laughs> Fighting the darkness. Amen. I mean this is real. As a royal priesthood, we have kingly a kingly nature. Amen. We're redeemed worshipers. And so in other words, when that part that says we are a royal priesthood and a holy nation, that royal priesthood part of us are worshipers. We worship God. We're holy. Holiness flows around us and covers us. Amen. Because we're under God's authority. We've submitted to him. Our, our, we submitted our flesh to him. And we fight darkness, and God fights with us also because he causes, he raises up a standard against our enemies. So he fights with us, and we fight with him. Amen. This is what, what, this is what a royal priesthood, these are the advantages of a royal priesthood. Royal priesthood, we worship and we praise him. Amen. We lead others into worship and praise into holiness amen and holiness covers us amen and the spirit of worship is essential to all advancement of the kingdom so we don't advance in the kingdom unless we worship amen and and we are royal a royal priesthood and because we're a royal priesthood in a holy nation we will worship God, and we will lead others into worshiping our Lord. Amen. And then holiness flows and covers us. We will experience power for evangelism through worship. This is how all of this happens. We get spiritual victories through worship because it, co- it covers us. Amen. Spiritual victories as we grow in our worship to God. And we are uncommon people. Amen. The royal priesthood is an uncommon people. What's uncommon? Holy. We're holy people. Amen. Hallelujah. 
And so we need to understand what's going on on the inside of us. And most of us, we don't think about it. And, my, and I'm guilty of it too. Sometimes you just feel like being your natural self, natural self. But we're spiritual beings and we need to take care of our spiritual part of who we are. And so we need, because when we do that, when we take care of that, God takes care of us. Amen. And so we're worshipers. We, we praise God. And we cause others to desire God because we put on Jesus' attributes. Amen. I mean, it's all like a package deal. Is anybody lost? Amen. Ephesians 4.1. Let's go there. I hope I didn't make, sometimes I have a problem of over-explaining and then... I'm confused, and so is everybody else. <laughs> Ephesians 4. But when we say you are a royal priesthood and a holy nation, that's a package deal, and it's more than just, it's more than just being silent and just saying I'm and reciting something. That means something. It means exactly what it says, that we are royalty. Amen? We are holy. We are uncommon. And God has called us out of darkness into the marvelous light for a purpose. And we have a purpose, and that purpose is to bring others into the fold, to go out and fight, do the good, fight the good fight of faith, and stand in the gap for those that don't have faith, stand in the gap for those that God has assigned us to. You know, and this is a, a work. It's a, a, a work that God has called us to do, and we are capable of doing it. Sometimes we think we can't do something, but if God has called us to do, we are more than prepared. He's prepared us to do it. In Ephesians 4.1, it says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk, to walk worthy of the calling which you were called. And so this is a calling. When, you know, you're, you've been called to a, a royal priesthood. You're a chosen generation. Amen. And you've been called to do a specific work. And the first thing we have to do is walk worthy of that calling. So many don't walk worthy of the calling because they never think about who they are. They don't know who they are. Amen. But we are to walk worthy of our calling, which we are called. And verse 2 says, with all lowliness and gentleness and long-suffering, bearing with one another in love. You know, all that we've been, we've been reading about the, um, we've been, uh, the chosen generation. But all I've been hearing is the fruits of the Spirit. That's all I've been hearing. Every scripture that we go into is telling us how to love one another, how to care for one another, how to treat each other. Because if you can't do that, then you are not a called out one. You're one, but you're back. You know, you're not doing what you're supposed to do. And so it keeps telling us over and over about, and you know what, that's character and attitude. And that's what God is admonishing us on today. That's what I think because that's all I'm hearing. So verse 2 again says, with all lowliness and gentleness. In other words, there's no place for pride prideful man you're not you're not walking in your call if you're full of pride you have to get rid of that stuff you have to have a new attitude amen you can't you can't stay the same as you were when god found you we need to advance amen and it's past time 
And so it's this um, walk worthy of your calling with lowliness, gentleness, and long-suffering, bearing with one another in love. Verse 3 says, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bonds of peace. Keep the unity of the Spirit in the bonds of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. Amen. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God, one Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. And that takes care of these people that's talking about there's more than one way to get to God. It's only one way. Amen. Amen. One Lord, one God, one baptism, one way. Amen. And that's through Jesus. There is no other way to get to God. And some people think there is, but there, it's just not. And, and they tell people that I, I think I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. It's because they don't want to lose people. They want the biggest church. And they want, you know, what they want. But people need to hear the truth. Because only the truth can set you free. Amen. Nothing else. Nothing else will set you free. Only the truth. So we have a, a we to, we're to walk worthy of our call. And it's a priestly call. And God will supply us as we function as a priest. In other words, sometimes we don't have what it takes to function as a priest. But God's grace will give it to us as we go. Amen. You can't look at the runway and decide if you're going to walk it, you know, because I, do I have this, and do I have peace, and am I going to make it, and am I going to be able to do this? You go walk in faith, and as we walk in faith, God gives us everything that we need to function as priests, amen, to function as a priest, a royal priesthood, amen. It's a, it's a faith thing. God's grace helps us to operate out of the fruits of the Spirit. It's God's grace. We have to trust him. Trust him to give us what we need to do this work. And he's given it. He's given it to us. Amen. We may not know. It may not feel like it. But he's given us everything that we need. Amen. The royal priesthood are not stingy, not petty. Amen. They, they're givers. Like God told Moses to give to the Levites. You know, and it's in number seven, if you want to uh, go there. He gave wagon loads of sacrificial things. He gave them to the Levites and then blessed them. Amen. Moses also blessed um, the Israelites with the priestly blessing, and we do it all the time. Amen. Let's go to number seven. Let's just go because I want to read that. It's good to know. It's good to stop and read everything. I mean, that's what I, I like to do, you know. And a lot of uh, people don't take time to read things, but we need to read everything because you get more out of it when you read it for yourself. Amen. What's that? Numbers 7. Verse. I think it's verse 4. 
number seven, verse four. Well, let's go to the priest. Well, yeah, we'll do it this way. Uh, let's see. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Accept these from them, that they may be used in doing the work of the tabernacle of meeting. And you shall give them to the Levites. So, in other words, he was uh, taking an offering and collecting, uh, uh, what is that? You know, bulls and goats. And things, those things that had been offerings, sacred offerings. And God told him to collect it and give it to the priest. Amen. And so let's see where am I? I'm in five. It says, accept these things from them that they may be used in doing the work of the tabernacle of meeting. And you shall give them to the Levites to every man according to his service. Do you hear him say according to his service? Amen. See, nothing goes un, unseen by God. Whatever you do, you can get credit for it because God sees everything. Amen. Now let's go over to, let's go back to ver- chapter 6 in verse 22. And in 6, verse 22, it's talking about the priestly blessing. It says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron. Of course, that was his brother. And his son saying, this is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. And then he says, say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And the Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. Shalom. Amen. And so he wants total wholeness for his people. Amen. And so think of it. Every time you, you go to sleep or every time you, you're dismissed from church, that, that priestly blessing is upon you because you're called out. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So it says we are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Uh, we're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and a holy nation. So let's talk a little bit about the holy nation. A holy nation is composed of Jews and Gentiles of one blood. So from every nation under heaven, we are one. If you're born again, we are one. We are those who walk in humility and draw from the character of Jesus. We acknowledge the altar as a holy place. So when God says you're a holy nation, a royal priesthood and a holy nation, you know who God is. You know what the altar is, what, what the altar represents. And you understand the anointing. You understand how to flow with the anointing. You know how atmospheres change, how to change atmospheres. And so this is what a holy nation does. A holy nation is conducive to whatever God is doing at that time. And you flow with it because you understand it. You feel it. And it's, and you understand when the anointing is falling. Some people, if you ever look, especially if they're new Christians, they don't understand. They they'll don't respect the altar. You know, they don't understand what's going on at the healing school. And it's because they don't understand, you know, they've not been around that atmosphere. But when you're a holy nation, God's called out once. You understand all of these things because you flow with it. Did anybody tell you and teach you? No. But you just joined in because of who you are, amen, and you participated. 
during worship because the royal priesthood are worshipers and you start to understand that flow and that feel and you start to draw from it we draw from what god is doing amen so we are his own special people it says that it says a holy nation a royal priesthood we are his own special people and that means that we are his elect we are the elect of god why don't we act like it all the time God's intention was to call forth a people with a special mission. That's all it is. It's not that we're better. We're not better than anybody. Amen. And most of us don't even understand why we were called. I certainly don't. Amen. But God knows what he's doing. And so he's called his elect. He's called his people to do a special job or a special mission. We're on a mission. And that is to proclaim his praises, to proclaim Jesus, to proclaim who he is. Amen. Amen. To cultivate his blessings throughout the earth, to spread the good news. Amen. And it's our reasonable service. Now you understand why it's our reasonable service, because that's what we were called to do. That's what we were put here for. So if this is our mission, if this is our purpose, then it is our reasonable service to honor him and offer ourselves up as living sacrifices. What else is there to do with your life? This is our purpose. And so this is why we need to step back and look at ourselves and stop trying to figure out why we have to do so much for God. This is your purpose. <laughs> We're called out of darkness into the marvelous light. To achieve some things for the kingdom of God. Amen. Everything is about the kingdom. Everything that's, that's um, the number one thing is the kingdom. It's the most important thing. Amen. To serve the Lord while it is yet day. For when darkness comes, no man can serve him. To do what we are called to do. And that is to bring people into the fold. To proclaim you know, what God has has said so that we can loose uh, bands and, of chain and these people who are bound in sin and drugs and so they will be freed of these things, set free. Amen. We're the glory carriers. We carry God's glory. And, and I believe God's called everybody to do it, you know, but everybody don't. I don't know why everybody won't. But we will, because you have to. Amen? <laughs> what else is there to do? We must. We must. Because when you know a certain amount of, of information, that when you have a certain amount of revelation, there's no turning back. That's what I believe. Amen? We're called for such a time as this. So we are his own special breed of people. And I believe God loves us. He goes easy on us. I, when that favor, that favor is, is for a purpose. That favor is so that we don't have to suffer like most people. Don't have to go through mo most things that other people go through. You know, it's just uh, God works with us all the time. And, you know, God is so good. He, he's not slack on anything he knows that word that he's spoken. He knows the promises that he's put out there. And he hovers over his word. 
You know, the Bible says he watches over his word to perform it. There is nothing catches God by accident. Nothing. Amen. And so it's best to give your, your best to God. You know, sometimes we do things dragging one feet. You know, like Chester, Mr. Dillon. You probably don't know who that is. But we drag our feet because we feel like we shouldn't have to do it. If you, you know, it's such a blessing and an honor to be employed by God. <laughs> He's the best employer you could ever have. Who else do you want to work for? Some crazy man? Amen. Pharaoh spirit? Hard labor and little consideration for you? Amen. And so you want to work for God because he is the best employer you could ever have. I'm almost done. Let's go to Romans 8. Hallelujah. God is so good. And I just believe he wants us to understand our call. Understand what, see, everybody's hooked up in I'm a, I'm a prophet and I'm a, they want to be all of these things. What about just doing the work of the ministry? Amen. You're, we are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Amen. And we're to show forth the praises of God. We're worshipers. We exalt him. And we lift him up. And others, you know, this stuff is contagious if it's done with the right heart. And that's why God keeps talking about our, our attitudes and what we're to possess and who we are. And who we're supposed to be. We're glory carriers. And you can't carry the glory and carry a whole lot of other negativity also. You know, the old man has passed away. And behold, all things have become new. So we knew, we live out of our new man. Amen. We live out of our new man. We live out of what God has done on the inside. And we carry and spread the good news. And this is who we are. God's called out ones. Romans 8.33, if we can find that, it says, who shall bring a charge against God's elect? Now, this is God working with his called out ones. Amen. See, he won't even let people come against you. It says, who can bring a charge against God's elect? So don't worry when people falsely accuse you, because they don't do it because of who you are. But God's got that covered. It says, it is God who justifies. So we're justified. We don't have to explain ourselves to anybody. Verse 34 says, who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died. So nobody can condemn you because Christ died for you. And furthermore, is risen. Hallelujah. Amen. Who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. You have the high priest that's forever making intercession for us. This is just how much God cares. So it's just not something you say out of First Peter. We are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy name. That's just not something to recite. But this is real, amen? And God defends his elect. Amen. So who can lay a charge against God's elect? Nobody. Amen. Hallelujah. Who shall separate us from the love of God? I think that's in verse 35. Mm-hmm. 
Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, we already read that God will shorten our tribulation time because of who we are. So tribulation won't take you out. And it won't separate you from the love of God. Distress, persecution, or famine, nakedness, peril, or the sword. If the sword comes to your house, it won't separate you from the love of God. You know, God will be there to help you and to defend you. But all we need to do is stay in the love of God. Verse 36 says, For it is written, For your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Amen. Through all what things? Through famine, distress, prosecution, persecution, poverty, sickness, famine, distress, all these things. We are more than conquerors. Him, So God already, already has this whole thing worked out. Amen. Hallelujah. We are more, what's a conquer? A conquer goes over and above to conquer. Amen. Hallelujah. Super victorious. A person who wins. More than an ordinary victory. Amen. Amen. We're overpowering. And achieving abundant victory all the time. Amen. Amen. And this is not a language of deceit or, or bragging, but it's confidence. Because we know who we are in him. Amen. So it's, uh, we are more than conquerors because we walk in a confidence that God is with us. And if God be for us, who can be against us? We walk in that confidence. Amen. And so we don't have to stop and check to find out who we are. We know who we are. Verse 38 is one of my favorites. It says, for I am persuaded. And that's what we need to do. We need to be persuaded. Amen. Where the devil can't come and start whispering lies to us. And we one day we're one way. And the next day we're believing something else. But no, we will believe the report of the Lord. Amen. Who will believe our report? Amen. And we shall believe. It says, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor other created things, or any other created things, shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. Amen. And God's grace is sufficient for us. Amen. No demon, no demon activity can cause us to pull, be pulled away or out of God's graces because God watches over what he creates. He watches over our works. He watches over our assignments. He, this, this is why you can't walk. I don't understand people who think they can walk away from an assignment. You, can't, you see who we are. We're called to do a specific work. You don't walk away from an assignment. Amen. But we are overpowering and achieving abundant victory. Amen. And this is the confidence. Don't throw away your confidence in God. This is the confidence that we walk in. Amen. Don't ever throw away your confidence. I don't care how things look. Listen, if you can't see it, that's your, that validates your faith. If you don't see him or her, 
It's because you're walking in faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, but it's the evidence of what you can't see. So that's the evidence of your faith. The evidence of your faith is you don't see it, but you know it's coming because you walk in the confidence of who you are in him. And God hastens his word to perform it because, see, our time is different. It's different from God's. God is working on a whole different kind of time than we are. A, a thousand years is like a day. A day is like a thousand years. We don't know how. It's when your season comes. When your season is here, it's time. Amen. It can be tomorrow. It could be t- today. But we don't worry about when because we know that God watches over his word to perform it. He's watching over his word. And he, he, nothing slips by him. Oh, I forgot to do that for her today. God doesn't forget anything. Amen. And so if we, we start to spend more time understanding who we are and developing our relationship with God more, knowing who he is, getting rid of this old man. You know, this old man with the club and the <laughs> little caveman. And walk in the newness of life. See, we carry a lot of baggage. And God doesn't want, he's not in baggage at all. Amen. God is is in the new things. Behold, all things become new, but you have to get rid of all of this baggage. And just refuse. How do I get rid of it? Refuse to carry it anymore. It's like I'm tired of this baggage. And I refuse to carry it anymore. And I'm going to walk in what God has called me to walk in. You know, he says, if you're a, a, a royal priesthood and a whole, let's read, what was that, First Peter again. Because I really want people to understand who we are. And I think if we say it enough, think it enough, read it enough, First Peter 2.9. But you are a chosen generation. That's you and me. A royal priesthood. A holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And to me, that means that we are no longer in the world. We are in the world, but not of the world. Amen. And we don't conform to the world's ways. But we have been transformed. Amen. We are transformed. And so all we need to do is is catch up with what has already happened and renew our minds. Start to think like we're on a different level. Start to think on things that are good and lovely and pure. Things that are thankworthy. Things that are praiseworthy. Think on these things. Stop thinking about what's past. Stop thinking about what you failed at. You're going to fail some more, probably. But what you're going to do, start thinking about just let that. That's how people become enslaved. Amen. If you don't like your life, there's a better life waiting for you. Amen. All you have to do is start trusting and knowing. You know what it's knowing who you are. Knowing that you are a chosen generation, God chose you. He chose me. That's a, isn't that something? He chose me. We're a chosen generation, a royal, I'm royalty. 
I'm holy. I'm a holy. I'm not sinful. I'm not a sinner saved by grace. Amen. I've been redeemed. Hallelujah. I qualify. You qualify. Amen. All of these things we are. And we just need to grab a hold of it and start living out of it. Start to trusting what God has already said. You know what, what causes us not to trust in the new things? The newness of life is lustly, lustful flesh. I won't. I won't. I won't. I'll have this. God didn't come through. Maybe it ain't time. Amen. Because if you don't get here, if you don't know who you are, and then let me tell you, God will give you some things if you keep pestering him for it, but it won't be the blessed. It won't be without sorrow. See, if you pressure, pressure, or you go and get it yourself, you, you have sorrow with that. But the blessings of the Lord are without sorrow. And so you have to just settle for, I know who I am. I know God loves me. I know he is using me. Go through this process and allow God to use you as you're perfected in him so that he can bring you the desires of your heart. Amen. Give him a chance to minister to your heart and to your mind and get you to a place where you don't think like you used to think. You don't act as these thoughts cause you to do certain things. We follow how we think. And so we need to get our minds renewed. So some of us can look back 20 years and see we're doing the same thing. Amen. Thinking the same way. And so I made up my mind, I'm not doing this anymore. I said, I'm going to be different. I'm going to walk in God's calling, walk worthy of his calling. I don't think I'm no better than nobody. And I'm not arrogant, but I want all that God has for me. Amen. And if what I have been doing is not producing it, then I'm going to do something different. <laughs> we need to start trusting who we are. Whatever God called you, that's who you are. You are a royal priesthood. You're a chosen generation, a holy nation. And this is who we are. Act like it. We need to act like it. See, if you know that you if you know who you are, you'll start to act. If you know you're Mrs. Somebody's Shirley Camp, that's who I am, that's who I act like. You act like who you are. You don't you're not Queen what's her name? The one that was prepared for six months. Esther and act like Vashti. You act like Esther. Act like who you are. You understand what I'm saying? You can't be one person and act like another. And so you have to allow God that process. Esther went through a process. And and you know what? There that I believe that was her tribulation period. That was her time where she had to lose something to gain something. And so we need to drop all of this drama that we allow in our lives and, and, just, and just start being who God has called us to be. God will never let you down. God is not like man. See, man let, will let you down. And then we'll, we'll exhaust ourselves being pick, trying to pick ourselves up from discouragement and disappointment. I think a lot of us get where we are through disappointment disappointed in somebody else 
You understand? Because they didn't pan out to be who you thought they were or what they should be or something like that. All I know is I went through a bad time like that when I was disappointed in somebody else. But I made up my mind that God had more for me, and I couldn't let that make me be somebody else. You understand what I'm saying? I decided that I was going to be who God called me to be. I was going to forgive. I was going to love. And sometimes it will try you, but you do it anyway because the devil's going to set something up for you to get upset about. But you got to, if you re- repent quickly and don't let that garbage stick to you and just keep moving forward because it's for, it's for me. This is what I needed to do for me, and this is what you need to do for you. But God has called us to be so much higher than how we live. You understand what I'm saying? We're the elect of God, and we need to start to, in other words, I want to come and claim what's due me. Amen? I'm claiming everything that's due me. Hallelujah. And so we we have to allow ourselves to walk out of the old things and be who God has created us to be. God does not make mistakes. We are not bad people. Amen. Amen. We're not bad. But we are called for such a time as this. God knew the the tribulation, the trials, all the things that we were going to come up against. He are, And he's already made a way of escape. But some things you have to go through. If God tells you that you're going to go to the other side, you will go. You will go to the other side. When you go to the other side, you're walking into the new things of God. That's going to the other side. And so God will help you uh, to get to the other side, just like Jesus did. You know, he went to sleep on a pillow because he wasn't worried. He wasn't concerned about where they were going because he knew that they would all get to the other side. Have confidence in what God has called you to do. Have confidence in who God says you are. Have confidence in what God has has um, told you to do. I don't care how hard it looks. He's made a way for you to accomplish all things through him. Amen. All things through him. He is call- He will cause us to accomplish these things. But when we try to get ahead of him or we take too long, we're dragging our feet because of fear, we need to confess this to God because we fear what we don't see and we don't know where we're going. But I made up my mind, I'm just trusting God. I'm just going, I'm going. I don't know where I'm going. I'm just going. (laughs) And so when you trust God, you'll get there. You'll get to the other side. Amen. So we are, we understand a little bit more about who we are, a royal priesthood and a holy nation. Amen. Doesn't mean we're better than anybody. Doesn't mean we're better. We're not arrogant. But it means that God has called you out for a specific work. We're not like others. Amen. And I mean everybody that's called. We're we're chosen generation. We're what the Bible says we are. So we we're going to learn how to walk in that. Amen. Well, Father, we thank and praise you. We lift you up in Jesus' name.